David, the other night you said Adam Thistle was the poster child of the program. You know, he kind of made his effort with a bunch of 50-50 balls, rebounds, that type of stuff. Tonight he goes off with 27 points. I mean, is it? what are you guys saying to him when he's shooting like that? And were you happy to see, you know, your teammate go off like that after doing all the all the hard work all season? Yeah, yeah, this feels great. I mean, again, he's a great kid, um, you know, sticks to it all the time. So, you know, when he's feeling it, we just, you know, kind of get out the way and try to get him the ball as much as possible. And uh, he's slippery as well because we have so many that kind of people forget that, you know, he's on the floor. So, um, you know, he has a lot of open looks and he knocks him down. So, you know, kudos to him. He played great tonight. He threw down a dunk in transition. Did you guys know he could get up like yeah, yeah, we, yeah. He got he has sneaky bounce. Yeah, that right leg is um, you know, bionic. It's 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 not his leg for sure because he he can he can rise up. So, um, yeah, no, he he did well tonight. What's up, guys? Hey, Adam. Congratulations. How's it going? This is Mike. Um, hey. So what what spurred you after last game that you stayed on the floor and shot extra? You and Kendall both did. Um. I think uh, you can tell why Kendall shot after the game last. <laughs> but uh, we were in the same boat. You know, we didn't, didn't have our best shooting performance last game. We were got, we got great looks, and they just didn't go down. We knew we had to get a little bit extra reps in. It showed tonight. Adam, it seems like there was a point in that first half where New Mexico made a run. They tied it at 20. Uh, you know, Coach called a timeout, and it seems like he was kind of getting after you guys a little bit. You know, what was the message in there? And, and you know, what kind of sparked the run after that? You know, I think the biggest thing, um, at that, they got a, they got a lot of transition points that, uh, we needed to eliminate, um, you know, offense. I thought we were getting good looks the whole, the whole first half, especially in that stretch there. Um, they just weren't going down. And then, you know, once one guy hits one and, you know, getting a little rhythm there, pushing transition, it all uh, kind of came together right there. David was joking that you have a bionic leg with how you were able to get up there on your dunk. You trying to throw it down a little hard on that one? Do you want to repeat in the end of that? Sorry, you're a little glitchy. Oh, yeah, you're good. You know, were, were you trying to throw down that dunk with a little something extra special, just given that you're kind of feeling yourself tonight? Uh, I don't know if I'd say a little something extra. I just didn't want to miss it, to be honest. <laughs> How are the legs feeling? Three games in, you know, five days, that's a difficult situation. You got another game coming up on short rest. How's everybody managing that? Um, you know, I think we're doing good. We're uh, living in the training room right now, living with Devontae. He's doing a great job keeping us healthy and we're hopping in the ice tubs and uh, getting all the work we need done to be uh, prepared for all these games. What up, what up, what up? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael. I'm your host. We're talking about that win over New Mexico. We started with some post-game audio. Adam Thistlewood and David Roddy. Both of those guys had tremendous games. I'm going to talk about all of that. But for sure, you're probably hearing how great these mortgage rates are right now. But Mike and Virginia, they're not your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner. He's going to look at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small, family-owned company, so you can always trust that you're going to feel like a person, not a number. I love that. And whether you're looking at refinancing your current mortgage, buying a new home, 
Mike and Virginia, they're going to make the process as smooth and simple as possible. If you're currently serving our great country or if you have in the past, you can get a hold of Mike and Virginia to see if they can help you with your current mortgages. Their VA rates in particular are spectacular. Absolutely love that as well. Check them out at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia, they're going to work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. If you'd like to talk to somebody on the phone, give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump right on into things. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you are listening to this podcast. Wanted to get it up a little sooner. The only reason I didn't is I had to see what happened in that UNLV game against San Diego State. Unfortunately, San Diego State takes the crown. They take down UNLV on the road when they're 11th consecutive game. And they are going to win the conference championship regardless of what happens in CSU's game on Friday night. It's super unfortunate how this entire situation played out. Um... I mean, if the Rams beat Nevada, they're going to finish with more wins than San Diego State in terms of the games that were actually played on the court. But because of those forfeits, San Diego State's barely going to edge out CSU. And that it just sucks. It's unfortunate. I mean, obviously, CSU still has to play the game. They very well could lose to Nevada. Nevada swept Boise State. They're a tough team. Grant Sherfield, he's one of the candidates to be first team all Mountain West. A great scorer. But just being completely honest, I feel pretty good about CSU's chances going in. And and even if they do lose to Nevada, this has been a, a remarkable season. I mean, they've certainly outplayed expectations across the country. They have a legitimate shot to go dancing. I, I think they're in at this point. I mean, you don't want a bad loss. That could really kill you. I, I think a win over Nevada... And then just to really kind of give yourself a little wiggle room, a first round win or technically a second round win because you're going to get a bye in the Mountain West tournament and you should be comfortably in the field in the NCAA tournament, not even a play-in game in the field. But winning 14, potentially 15 conference games in a year when the Mountain West is, you know, as good as it's been in quite some time, that really speaks volumes to just this team's talent and their grit. I mean, it's obviously been such a weird situation. At two different points, they got shut down for multiple weeks. Obviously, the COVID shutdown, more impactful given that the Rams couldn't practice during that time. But even just missing three weeks of regular season games right before the crunch time, right before the most important part of the regular season, and being able to respond the way that this team has, it's something else. And I, and I hope the fans can really appreciate this. I'll actually play some audio from Nico Medved later. I, I kind of just asked him if he's had a chance to think about, you know, what this means to him. Um, obviously, you know, they, they've still got a lot on their plate. They're still full in regular season mode. So, you know, he, he even admitted as such. They'll probably be able to look back on it a little bit more after the fact. But he definitely admitted that it's been a special ride. And I think you guys will like what he had to say on that. But I just wanted to point out, you know, how special this team is. And how unique what they've accomplished is it. It really is something else. So I hope the fans can appreciate it. And I hope that they can appreciate the high level play that they are consistently getting from this starting five. I mean, especially Isaiah Stevens, David Roddy, but Adam Thistlewood, guys. 
Adam Thistlewood has really played well down the stretch. He was phenomenal in that Air Force series. And, and he didn't even really, you know, make a ton of impact as far as a, you know, offensive impact. The first game, he was pretty good. The second game, he, he struggled to, to hit jump shot. Him and Kendall Moore, they want to combine one of 13 from three-point range in that one. And then obviously, you know, they, they stayed after and they kept shooting and they worked. And that was, you know, what I wrote about in my post-game feature. It was, it was cool to see that in a game where, you know, the most experienced players... They struggled to make an impact offensively, but they they kept working. I mean, Kendall Moore, he was a bulldog on defense. Adam Thistlewood, he was a menace on the glass and put his body on the line for multiple 50-50 balls, something to which, you know, David Roddy really credited. So that's winning plays. He called Adam Thistlewood the poster child of the program. That's how much respect, you know, one of the front runners for Mountain West Player of the Year has for Adam Thistlewood. So to see Adam Thistlewood, you know, command that respect, and, and, you know, kind of earn brownie points with all his teammates and coaches for doing the dirty work. Stay after, keep working, you know, just be a, a grinded out type guy. Him and Kendall, I, I don't want to make it all about Adam, but, you know, Adam had a career night with 27 points. But to just come out and, and then ball out after that, it's, it's awesome. And I mean, he was on fire. He had 11 points in the first four minutes. Ended up going 11 of 13 from the field, 27 points. Just absolutely lit it up. He was great defensively as well. His growth on the defensive end is is so significant. It's it's just so significant. I mean, he's a guy you can trust to put on the the team's best wing at this point. And you know, two years ago that would have sounded crazy. So so credit to him, all the work that he's put in. We always knew he'd be a good jump shooter, but he's starting to get that ice in his veins, that killer mentality. You can just see it. He wants to shoot the ball. And I love that because, you know, this team is best when he's able to knock down shots. It really opens things up when they got to worry about Thistlewood on the perimeter and Kendall on the perimeter. It just is going to open things up down low for Roddy, for cutters, Isaiah Stevens. He's great on the drive. James Moores. I mean, everyone. It just feels like this team is coming together at the right time. They got thrown into a difficult situation, having to play four games in a week. Even so, they've handled it really well so far. Obviously, the toughest part now is is a road trip after playing three games and having to do it on short rest. But if anyone is capable, it's this team. And the depth of this roster really, really helps. I mean, it it was not a great game from the bench. Um, I'm going to be honest. John Tanjay, a guy who I really, really like. You guys know how much I love Tanjay's game. I tweet about it all the time. He's a stud. He struggled the, the last two games. Probably two of the worst games of his career so far. But to his credit, you know what he did after the game? He shot jump shots for at least a half an hour, if not longer. I mean, he was still shooting when I left the arena. But that's the type of attitude that these guys have. They just, they want to be good. They want to be successful. They want to win. They want to help their team. They don't pout. They don't, you know, go on social media and get defensive. They just go out and work. And because of that, you know, I'm just not that, I'm not that worried. Tanjay's due for a big game. He struggled offensively in both of the last two games. I struggled defensively as well. That's probably a bigger concern. Uh, the coaches actually got after him a little bit in this one. If you're going to be, you know, coming in and, and you're going to be playing that two, three, four role for CSU, you've got to be able to slide down and help. I mean, their defense is, you know, pretty much predicated at a, on keeping people out of the middle and there have been a couple of times where he's just kind of let people go straight through the lane and you can't do that. 
But again, he's going to be fine. He, he's, he's been clutch for this team time and time again. We've seen it. I mean, we all remember the San Diego State game. We know the dunks. We know his ability. He's going to be okay. And as is, you know, PJ Bird, who I thought kind of struggled as well. You know, it, he wasn't awful or anything. He just hasn't really been himself these last two games. Played a little reckless at times. I will say he seems a little bit more confident and, you know, maybe taking a, a few more chances. And that's all fine and, and dandy because I think He's a smart enough player that, you know, in the important situations, he's not going to do something that hurts the team. Um, but, you know, it wasn't his best game. It just wasn't. Just being honest, keeping it real. Uh, Deshaun Thomas, I thought he was fine. Overall, though, it was just not the type of game that we've, you know, become used to from these bench guys. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of looking at individual games for, for plus minus because I think it can be a little bit misleading. But Kendall Moore, plus 20. Stevens, plus 25. James Moore's plus 28. David Roddy plus 21. Adam Thistlewood plus 30. And then you get to the bench and it's Tanjay minus 19. PJ Bird minus 15. DT minus 8. Isaiah Rivera minus 10. So you can just kind of see, you know, it was when the reserves were on the floor, that's when, you know, New Mexico kind of did most of their damage. That's when they were able to make their run in the first half and kind of cut it tight. That's also when they were able to, uh, you know, kind of close the gap and hurt anybody that backed CSU from a betting perspective and make it a little bit closer at the end. Also ended up hurting CSU from a, a metric standpoint. Not too bad. They dropped from 39 to 40 in net. I got to imagine if they win that game by like 2021, they probably stay put. I don't think it ends up helping them advance, but I don't think they drop if they cover at least. Alas, you know, it, it's just not the end of the world. You didn't lose the game. You didn't do what Boise State did and, and drop the game. And, and I will say... I I don't think it was necessary for Boise State or CSU to play either of these games. I think the Nevada game probably has some substance. But, you know, you, you just risk so much if you're CSU and Boise State. I mean, look at Boise State. They're probably, unless they win it all in Vegas or at least make the at least make the championship game, maybe they have a slim shot to be the last four in. But that's the only way I see them making the tournament at this point. That Fresno State game pretty much burst their bubble. And now if you're the Mountain West, you know, you prioritized one week of TV money and it's probably going to cost you at least one team in the NCAA tournament. That's just seems short sighted. That said, you know, you got to take care of business. Is it a crappy situation for CSU and Boise State? Yep. But Boise State folded under pressure and CSU didn't. I'll be fair. Fresno State's a much better team than New Mexico, especially this New Mexico team that was missing four scholarship players. But ultimately, you know, you can you can only play the team that is ahead of you. And that's what they did. And, and Boise State, they had a chance to win at home. They had fans in the crowd. They they couldn't get it done down the crunch time. Even in the end, like they after the blowing their leads, they still had a bunch of chances. They got selfish and they couldn't knock down jump shots. This CSU team, when New Mexico, they kind of tried to, you know, make it comfortable. They tried to get back in, in the first half. What the starters <laughs> starters, what the starters do. They came in and they slammed the door. It's like a 17-1 run. That's what you got to do in these situations. Is it crappy? Is it unfortunate? Yep. But if you're a good team, if you're a team that deserves to make the NCAA tournament, you got to take care of business down the stretch. That's just how it works because you don't get the benefit of the doubt like the, the bigger conferences do. Teams in the Big Ten, you know, they drop a bad game and everyone's like, oh yeah, but look at what else they did. You would think that that same argument should help a team like CSU, even a team like Boise State. 
who, you know, as much shade as we all love to throw, I think is talented enough to make the, the NCAA tournament and make a run. And, and I still think should get a shot, but that's just not how it works. And, you know, CSU, they took care of business. Boise state didn't got to take care of business again in the Nevada game, but I like the Rams chances. All right. I'm going to play a little post game audio from Nico Medved. But before I do that, a quick word from our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 259 is this weekend, and it's sure to be action-packed with three title fights taking place in one night. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 101 odds on either fighter to land a punch during the title fight. What this means is you can pick either fighter to land a punch during this weekend's UFC 259 bout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. Just bet $1 on either fighter, and you're going to be able to cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry, though. If MMA is not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has great odds and promotions in basketball, hockey, so much more. We've got college basketball games. NBA, the NHL, table tennis, whatever you want. Shoot, you can bet on Call of Duty if you're really into it. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for your chance to turn $1 into $100. All you gotta do, pick a fighter. If either event fighter lands a punch on Saturday, place your bet, watch the fist fly this weekend. Again, that code DNVR to turn $1 into $100. If either fighter lands a punch for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, did what we needed to do. I had a way to get the win. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, played the second half and we did. You know, the game just kind of had a weird feel to it. You know, kind of the whole night with everything, you know, we kind of found out you know, just prior to tip that, you know, they were without some of these guys. So, you know, it kind of completely changes everything you prepped and practiced for. And, you know, you kind of got some funky matchups and stuff. And, um, you know, maybe that had us a little out of sorts at times, but um, our starting five was phenomenal. I mean, I thought they played terrific um, the way they shared the ball, the way they executed and, you know, wasn't as good tonight when we went to the bench, but you know what? Um, Sometimes that's what it is. You just got to find a way to, 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 to get through these games. And we did. We found a way to win. We got the job done. We won here uh, these three games that we needed to win. And we can't spend much time dwelling on anything that really happened here tonight. Uh, we've got to get our rest and get up tomorrow and completely turn our attention to another you know, really tough test on Friday. Nico, it might be too soon to ask you a big picture question. You know, I know you still got a game coming up with Nevada on Friday and you just got off the court. But 14 14- conference wins is the most ever by a CSU men's basketball team. You know, what does that mean to you individually, especially just given all of the, all the weirdness with this season that you guys were able to accomplish something so special? It's a good question. I mean, I think that maybe it all ends, you know, you'll really be able to reflect, do you know what I mean? On that mold and kind of what that was like and, and everything. But I, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what this team has done so far. I think it's been great. You know, it's been a great season so far. Not good. It's been great. Um, 
but it's not only this, it's everything that we really want is still in front of us, you know, and, and that's, as you know, that's been our focus. So we really haven't spent much time dwelling, you know, on anything like that at all, but I'm sure, you know, whenever the season's over and hopefully it's not for a while, you know, you'll take some time to kind of dwell on that and think, man, that's pretty cool what these guys accomplished, you know, and um, knowing how, how young they are, um, everything that was, you know, all the adversity that goes on in this season. I think it just tells you so much about who they are as not just players, but people. And um, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun and I can't believe, you know, this was the last game this year at Moby, you know, it's, crazy how fast it's gone and um it is what it is it's it's too bad we didn't have people here to, to share it with us time and time again the one thing that will protect you against economic downturns is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers go and build your toolbox at msu or why not have it both ways in these uncertain times make money and work while you're still earning your degree msu students can tell you all about it they work double the hours while taking classes as any other school in Colorado. Talk about a hardworking community. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs, some of our very own staff members at DNVR have even taken MSU Denver online classes. Harrison, he says that the professors are super engaged, that they're extremely responsive to emails, any questions or concerns you may have. And he, highlight, he highlighted that many of the teachers work in the same field that you're taking your class in, so you know what you're being taught is valuable firsthand experience. And remember, you know, if you're, if you're worried about balancing your work life, your school life, Working a job and taking a class is what a lot of MSU Denver online students do. That's how the curriculum is built. It's convenient for people like you. Check it out. Look into MSU Denver online. Cool, 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 cool. Um, we're going to wrap it up here, but I definitely wanted to talk about the women's basketball series Colorado State versus New Mexico. If CSU wins one game in the two-game series, they are going to win their sixth regular season Mountain West title. The games are going to be Thursday night and then Friday. Um, this is going to be the first time since December that CSU's played in back-to-back -back days. Right now, CSU is 11-3 and in conference. The Lobos are lurking behind at 9-3, and so they've obviously got to win both in order to you know top CSU and claim that number one spot in the Mountain West tournament, which is always important because as I've emphasized throughout, you know, the last couple of weeks, the Mountain West is likely, uh, you know, all but guaranteed to be a one bid league, which kind of sucks. But again, all CSU needs is a single win. They're going to win their sixth regular season conference championship and be the one seed going into Vegas, which is definitely a big advantage. This should be a really fun one. I mean, it's a showdown between the two best offenses in the conference. These are the only two teams in the Mountain West that average 80 points a game. I mean, even their losses mirror each other. They they both had splits against UNLV, Fresno State, and Air Force. Uh, so, you know, they have the same three losses. This really is a battle of the Giants and a, a really intriguing matchup between two teams that have quite a bit in common. I want to shout out Austin Hannon of CSU Athletics for providing a ton of really relevant information on this series. He is our SID and he does a tremendous job. Makes my life a hell of a lot easier. I, I don't have to research all this. He provides it out in a just a kick-ass game notes. 
in the uh, the last series with Air Force, CSU's defense held the Falcons um, to a current low, 48 points. Field goals made 16 and field goal percentage in game one. Game two was a different story, though, because they shot 45% from the floor, 60% from three. And that was the best against CSU. So it was really kind of a game of two stories. You just need a little bit more consistency going into it. I mean, much like the men's team, they were in a really wonky position after not playing for three weeks. It's just not easy to do. I don't care how good of a team you are. In this CSU Rams team, they are very, very good. It is hard to go play a team that's in rhythm, that's been playing on the road in a conference game in March in a situation that matters. I mean, you know, you know, Air Force wants to play spoilers. They always want to beat CSU. But as difficult of a situation as this women's team was put in, much like the men's team having to play four games in a week right before the Mountain West tournament, which starts before the men's side and and arguably matters more in terms of, you know, what's at stake for the program. If you're the men's team, you don't absolutely have to win it all in Vegas. If you're the women's team, you do. I still feel good about this CSU's team's chances. I mean, they've just put up points all year. They've scored over 70 points in 14 of 18 games. They only did that six times last year. It's just been so much better. The last time the offense did that was 2001-2002. That was one of the uh, top 10 highest scoring teams ever, uh, ninth ever actually. This current CSU team, they're averaging 80.4 points per game in, in the Mountain West. That's 14th best in the nation. It's just awesome. I mean, they're they're like less than a point away from being uh, the, the highest scoring CSU offense of all time. That's how good this offense has been. We'll just, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. You know, all time, CSU is much better against New Mexico at home. They're 23 and 12 in the series at all time, only 13 and 26 at the pit. That's why it sucks that the Rams have to play this game on the road. But it's not going to be a normal situation, you know, where it's a rock and pit, 10,000 people. Normally, I mean, people support New Mexico women's basketball more than any other women's program in the conference. So at least you don't have to deal with it in that regard. But New Mexico won 73 to 62 the last time they were in Albuquerque. That was January 15th, 2020. We will, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this Rams team closes down the stretch. I think they've got what it takes to bring home that gold, to bring home that title. It's unfortunate that, you know, that doesn't guarantee them a shot in the big dance, but it's it's another thing to brag about. It's another step in the right direction after a couple of down years for the program. And ultimately, it sets you up for the best chance to have success with that one seed in the Mountain West tournament. You're still going to have to beat a good team no matter what. I mean, we've seen it. UNLV, Fresno State, Air Force, all these teams have been able to beat some of the top competition. And that Fresno State team, they're no joke. You know, they, they've got the Cavenders. I'd, I'd really be worried about them. I'd, I, if you could somehow avoid them, even in the championship game, that would be awesome if they got upset. You know, Boise State's always kind of sneaky dangerous in the tournament. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'll obviously be talking about it on the podcast next week. Let's see what Williams and the squad is made of. All right, that's what we've got for today. Uh, we'll be talking about this Nevada game. We'll have another episode of DNVR Madness. Uh, no draft pods until early next week. But plenty of Rams content coming this weekend. CSU can't win the Mountain West Conference, the men's team at least. But, you know, obviously plenty to celebrate for both of these programs. And it's just been a blast.
Skinny looking kid with the cup khakis Wearing graphic tees Feeling way too trendy Raps that kill Oh, I'm deadly Primed and ready Like machetes At a deli In New Delhi Feeling scummy Like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh, I'm gnarly Like non from